Ian, we're about three quarters of the way through season two now and uh, been speaking about some quite deep meaty stuff and exploring some, some quite edgy things <laughs> as well. Um, bit of a change of tone now. Um, you know, we've spoken about how God speaks prophetically through creative arts, um, music and song and right. um, graphics arts and all and so on. There's a particular song by Coldplay that I've been listening to over the past few months. It just keeps resonating um, for me. I think there's something powerful in it. And I'm not a particular Coldplay fan. You know, I was going to say, we forgive you for the Coldplay bit. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, 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 it's good enough music, nothing wrong with it. But it's, it's, um, it's particularly, it's the lyrics of this one, the Human Heart song. So let me read, the, read, read through the lyrics and then um, people understand what, what this is about. Um, so it starts off, it says, boys, boys don't cry. Boys, keep it all inside. I try to hide it underneath. Still, my heart starts to beat. And it goes in the chorus, which says, my human heart only got a human heart. I wish it didn't run away. I wish it didn't fall apart. Oh, my human heart. Night and day, light and dark. Any day could be torn in half. Oh, I've only got a human heart. Verse 2, it says, Girls can make believe. Girls wear it on their sleeve. Though I thought I could pretend for trying's sake, still my heart had to break. My human heart only got a human heart. I wish it didn't run away. I wish it didn't fall apart. Oh, my human heart. Night and day, light and dark. Any day, it could be torn in half. Only got a human heart. And I just think, I was listening to that, I think there's something powerfully prophetic in that. It, um, yeah, this is a case of you know, poor spirit and all flesh, mm-hmm. sons and daughters prophesying it, from many different angles. It, it feels like God, what's, what's coming through this? It feels like there's a warning to all of us that our humanity, we're capable of you know very strong and courageous, heroic things from time to time, but actually we're we're actually fragile creatures. The heart is a fragile thing. Uh, I, 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 my notes to this, I wrote, you know, humans are fragile creatures. We bruise, we hurt, we cry. We are sensitive to thoughtlessness. We are fearful of rejection. We're worried of what others might think. Our hopes and our fears are like leaves on the wind. Mm. You know, we're very, <laughs> for all that, I mean, it wouldn't be too hard to offend you with just a few mm. words or, and, and vice versa. Um, but hearts respond positively to gentleness and kindness. Hearts can be calmed, reassured, and emboldened by love. Love and kindness produce peace and joy, which in turn produce hope. Is there a powerful revolution hidden here to be awakened? Mm-hmm. And I'm, what am I trying to grab at? Because there's a lot we can talk about human mm-hmm. it's, it's a massive topic. But I think it's just the first thing, it's just to be honest, it, as that song does, it's, is to identify the human heart is a vulnerable, fragile, sensitive thing. Right. It's capable of evil, it's capable of heroism, mm. it's capable of courage, and all those things as well. But nonetheless, it remains sensitive, it remains fragile and um, vulnerable. Mm. Yeah. And I think about the way the world has become so polarised right now, mm. and social media has become so hateful. I mean, people 
you know, quickly mount death threats mm. for, for the most absurd reasons, creating fear and anxiety yeah. and hostility. And I, I think about, I don't want, to, don't want any names because I don't want to bounce on any particular issue and kind of create, you know, also create noise around an issue. But I think of people in the public domain who've been really trolled and hammered on all sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Or even killed. Or even killed. Yeah, it's, it's got that far. But just the, the vitriol mm. and the unkindness and the evil, that the toxicity that has come to characterise the public discourse. Right, yeah. At the moment. I mean, we don't allow people to comment on these mm -hmm. podcasts because we're not interested in creating, what's the word, fostering big arguments. Mm over things you know, we're interested in, in debate and engaging in talking ideas of course we are but public comment chat um what's the word uh, boards and posts and stuff tend to get pretty um appalling fairly quickly and we just don't want any, anything to do with that um yeah. so what am i saying i think number one is to recognize it number two is to to, to recognize we're in a time when people are, are, are unpleasant and horrible in a way they maybe haven't been so brave yeah, right. to do. Yeah. And, th and thirdly, there's the, 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 you've mentioned this a few times, the whole thing of lament mm. has to come into that, yeah. that we have to talk about that. Lament as in longing for something that should be that isn't mm. presently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we come on to that in, in a bit. But also, also I think my final piece in this is almost in, instead of looking for a toolkit, and I know you've got some really good thinking on on, on tools to, to look after this, but but essentially to see myself as as a primary resource for the guarding and caring of others' hearts right. yeah. by initially having shown up in a way right. that wasn't evil and toxic, but also. Yeah when there has been unpleasantness and evil mm. and unkindness for me to show up with gentleness mm. and kindness patience and love and joy and bring peace into situations to allow other people's hearts to be to to flourish yeah. and i think that all of this is on god's heart in a big way yeah. i mean it kind of goes back to we talked about finding our way back to each other don't we yeah and as you and i were discussing this it just felt wow this feels like a powerful subject that it really grieves the heart of god we're so polarized and so you know, Cain and Abel out in the field with <laughs> sticks and cudgels drawn at each other. Yeah. And he completely hates it. You know, he, God so loved the world. He wants to bring something so good to it. And in the middle of this evil mm. is the human heart, our humanity, which is vulnerable and sensitive. And, you know, you can think that you're a real strong um, person and, um, you know, very few things get to you and whatever else. But we know your heart's a sensitive heart because it wouldn't be too difficult to offend you. <laughs> you know, our offence yeah. is an indicator yeah. of how sensitive our hearts are. What are you saying? What are you saying to me? You know, it's yeah. that we're all like that. You, you know, you could be um, mm. leading a gang and listening to this and thinking, oh, "I'm tough now. I've got guns. I got no." But people can offend you and hurt you and grieve you, and you know it. Your job is to keep it covered. Um, mm. that's at one extreme you know, to, to make the point and I mean just it, it, uh, this is a bit of a little loose 
idea that fits nowhere else really but to his i have a theory and i can't <laughs> justify it so i put it down as that but you know when a child is born when it, when it, when a baby is born there's a joy that comes with that that feels almost not, not disproportional but it takes a lot of people by surprise just how joyful yeah. they feel yeah. and i wonder and i'm quite happy to speculate and be wrong here but but um i wonder if that is because when a child is born is something of heaven leaks into earth with them you know kind of like the water's breaking <laughs> do, you, do you see what i'm saying yeah because if there's something they're a gift of god to us and there's yeah. something in that gift that comes with it and an innocence and a joy and a, a, mm. and a love and a bonding and, and a, a just a peacefulness as you watch that child sleep without a mm. care in the world and over the months and years these things wear away as that child becomes older and grows and then gets to see how the world is and then their own heart closes down and whatever else and there's something about the heart of god for us and toward us mm. that militates against that whole hardening and bruising mm. and evil and that's part of what jesus came to redeem so i've kind of set out what the area i want to talk about um it's we get hurt ian don't we and, and bruce what do we do mm. about it <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think you know part of what you're talking about is is us understanding, recognizing, accepting that our heart or the human heart mm. is a fragile thing, mm. um, uh, and it was meant that way. God built it that way. He created us to be sensitive, yeah. Yeah. not to be insensitive. Mm. Um, uh, and obviously, there's there are levels of that, and some people are more sensitive than others. And I think that was true before the fall as well. Mm. I, I, you yeah. know, because we weren't all the same. I think that's that diversity individuality was still was there that, that hasn't come because of the fall that was there before the fall if you like um and you know and sometimes just to realize the the damage that we have you know some incredible statistics recently i read I, I, i'm not going to even try and pull them back but how many suicides amongst young people were because of trolling hmm. you know because they had over internet kind of um, abuse and stuff mm. and uh, you know just to realize that a comment isn't isn't just a comment mm. you know that old adage sticks and stones will break my bones mm. but names will never hurt me that's just not true mm. Mm. you know in fact it's often the opposite yeah bones yeah. heal yeah but things that have gone into your soul or, mm. or your heart yeah. can be a wound for life yeah you know yeah. so so i think this is a really important issue about the human heart and how yeah. do we protect it how do we handle that and you know even in that lyrics you know boys don't cry boys don't show their emotions girls do because they've know, learned not to yeah because they've yeah. learned not to yeah well the reality is that's that's not true either we just learn how to hide that yeah. hide it yeah. um and i think one of the things i love about what's happening in the world now is that people are more open about their relationships and what they do. And sometimes yep. I feel we overdo that, but you know, there's, there's a balance here as well. You know, there is self-control. That's mm -hmm. what you know I mean. But nevertheless, I think God would rather have it that way than people hiding their emotions yep. yeah. and pretending things are not happening, hmm. you know? So, so I think that that's part of the, you know, just recognizing that and, 
you know, just putting that on this podcast and tabling that, it's okay to yeah. feel. Yeah. Whatever you feel, it's okay to feel. Yeah. You know, and and actually to share what you're feeling. Yeah. And we'll come back to that perhaps. But but that that's okay. Um, but to understand as well that is that, you know, it's really interesting actually. I was just talking to some people who've been in in the US Army and had been abroad and different stuff and they'd seen some terrible things and they've still got real trauma. Mm. And they said, they, they, I said, is it some have trauma? They said mm-hmm. nearly all people in the Army have some kind of trauma wow. because of what they've seen. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's interesting as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, you know, in, in I, I remember one of the guys in our in my dad's village back in Wales, you know, had been in the Second World War and he was quite disturbed. And, and people say, yeah, he got shell-shocked in <laughs> in the in the Second World War, you know. Right. And yeah. but that's that whole idea again of, you know, we call that um, post-traumatic stress, stress disorder, syndrome, yeah. right? Um, so at least what I'm saying is, is I think there's becoming a recognition of these things, yeah, yeah. which is helpful. And then how do we deal with them? But part, I think part of the thing is to recognize is that, you know, God never created us to live in a broken world, the broken world we live in. Yeah. He, he, he created us to live in a, in shalom. Yeah. Really, yeah, you know, yeah. the whole idea. And, you know, I know that we, we think of shalom as being peace, but it has a much deeper meaning than that. It's all about well-being and yeah. it's all about um, good relationships. And that's why it's used as a, um, as a greeting and a saying goodbye when people give because they want to give you well-being it's not just not just want to leave you with peace they want to give you well-being in that sense mm-hmm. so so that i think there's that that sense as well of all of that in terms of um that's why our hearts are sensitive mm-hmm. because that's the world in which god caused us created us to live in that's the world that he wants to see restored right yeah, yeah so i i just think all of that is really 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 interesting so you know that that's i was just one more thing before yeah perhaps just to let, let you back in here but but so you know the way in which we're created is for that and so physically it's like that as well so you know so like for instance when you um show gratitude to something mm-hmm. it releases a chemical in your brain that makes you feel happy yeah yeah when you show compassion towards someone mm-hmm. or receive compassion from someone, it releases a chemical in your brain that makes you feel happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so even in the in the, the kind of biology, if you like, of what's yep. happening in our body, I, I was so excited when I realized those two things. Um, a friend of mine was telling me about the compassion one. I already knew about the joy one. And it just struck me that God has created us to be in a world that shows compassion and gratitude. And if we do those things, we'll feel happy. Mm. So when people say to me, how can we bring happiness to the world? It's really easy. Show gratitude and compassion. And if you do that, that's great. that will bring happiness to the world. That's great. <laughs> I know that's simplistic. <laughs> but what I'm saying, if you want a happier world, have more gratitude and compassion mm. in it because your body is physically designed wired for it for that yeah, yeah. it's wired for yeah. it exactly yeah. yeah what it's definitely not wired for is the toxicity exactly yeah that that no. i mean i've got uh, four 
children, the oldest of whom is now 22. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Makes you feel old, right? <laughs> yeah, but see, these, these kids are growing up with an online social media yeah. world environment that, that we didn't. Yeah. And who knows what their hearts are exposed to on that and what what is going to, the consequences of that will be. There, you know, there are things going on in in that space that that just militate against, yeah. and not even our well being. Um, but um, the, the, the Father, in terms of God, wants to draw our identity and bring us into our purpose. He gives us a name, and He brings us into a purpose. And if our heart is wounded, that keeps us from accepting our identity, and it keeps us from entering our purpose yeah so a wounded heart can prevent you ever becoming the person yeah. that you're created to be and really as well i, I don't want to put this down as and fix this one i just want to yeah. put it down as as i think almost as a as a, as a lament yeah. the way this the world is right now is evil but there's a kind of um toxicity and presence about the stream of information that yeah. comes to us yeah. and we're exposed to that is relentless in a way that maybe our generation mm. and our parents and our mm. grandparents and mm. generations before them, they could have walked out in a field and walked along with a horse or mm. dog for hours and been left alone and mm. you know seen a few people during the day in the village or whatever else <laughs> um my grandparents and pretty you know yeah. back in those days of or of your if you live in a city you see many more people mm. it's faster bustling mm. whatever else if you live online and digitally, you're connected to the worst of the, that the world has to offer in real time, twenty four seven. And that's we're not created for this. Mm. And it's like he was saying in that song, "I wish my heart wouldn't run away. Mm. I wish it wouldn't fall apart." Mm. Yeah. But actually, it will in the wake of that stuff. Yeah. And so, so we do need to have the tools to protect our own hearts. We also we've got to show up for others, yeah, to protect them and to help them and to comfort and to. Mm. I mean, what, what's this? What's this calling to? This is calling to community, mm. isn't it? And, yeah. and and back to the fruit and community. Actually, funny enough, mm. you know, the, the, these are simple things. You know, they just keep coming up again yeah. and again yeah, and again. Exactly. It's the nature of God being manifest in community, which creates a safe and healthy place. Yeah for these things but right now this world is about as toxic as it's ever been yeah in many ways i mean we have a mental health crisis yeah. well, why do we have a mental health crisis well actually because we are not we're not learning how to do that and it's so much easier online and different mm. it's not just about you know i'm not blaming everything about online yeah. and social media and all the rest of it right because you know there are toxic work environments yeah, yeah. Is, or the way we treat other each other is the issue and slavery would have been a toxic yeah, yeah exactly but what i'm saying is is that in terms of in terms of that it is so much easier when you haven't got to face a person when you can do it anonymously yeah, as well yeah. Or, or even if, and I don't mean anonymously in the fact people don't know you, but anonymously in the sense you don't ever have to really face that person. Look, look him in the eye. Look him yeah. in the eye. And, you know, so much changes when you do that, actually. Yeah. That's the reality. Um, so I, I, but it, so it's, there's, that whole, there's that whole aspect of it, isn't it? Mm. We, me and Jessica recently watched um, uh, a programme 
a, 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 a crime series on on I think it's BBC Wales or something, huh. um, and it was uh, it was based in Wales, and uh, huh. and it was all about a girl that had gone missing, and this one boy had been accused of it. Yeah. Um, so it's really great if you want to see it's called Light in the Hall I think uh-huh. uh, really really good series I won't do any spoilers in terms of that but there's one one of the characters in it is a journalist and she comes she's come back to write the story she uh-huh. left just after this had happened she was friends with this girl there uh-huh. were three of them that were really really close friends uh-huh. but it's really interesting because she discovers how toxic she was uh-huh in those relationships and initially wow. she tries to kind of oh, well we were just kids oh. or but then she realizes no that isn't that isn't a good enough reason that we yeah. were just kids and it but it was really funny seeing over the series i know there were about six of them i think it was a six episode kind of thing and uh, over the series see her more and more and more come to this realization of who she was mm-hmm. and what not just who she was but what an effect it had on those around her yeah yeah and then being able to come back to that feeling of repentance mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know yeah, and, yeah. And, and and trying to trying to trying to work that out yeah. one how does she how handle that now you know so yeah. so but but if we, what i'm saying is is that sometimes i don't think we realize even well it's just a comment or you know, it's just a joke, or yeah, yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, actually, well, it that's could not, devastate someone. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. That's not necessarily where it's at, yeah, yeah. you know, with someone. So this is this is good because we're just yeah. airing this, yeah. and again, we we come back to them in different ways. But let's 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 move from that into the idea of lament. Now, there's a lament isn't there to fix something. No. It's mm. it's there to put you on a path of recognizing the grievousness of something, and to fully engage with that, and to put you on on a track that can lead toward, take you toward healing. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, I read an article recently. It was um, okay. It's, it's an interview with Bono because he just published a book, mm. his biography, and the the reviewer was just talking about how Bono's or she was interviewing I can't remember but basically she was saying just to say Bono's uh, lead singer, singer of, of U2 lead singer of U2 so they, U2 appeared in the late 1970s um, in Ireland and it's a time when the um, the troubles in Northern Ireland and actually on, on the rest of the island were at their peak and so they were writing songs like you know, Sunday Bloody Sunday yeah. Yeah. and New Year's Day uh, but there, with New Year's Day, was it was a How long? How long till hmm. we must we sing this song? Um, that's Sunday, bloody Sunday. How long must we sing this song? Now that was going on at the time because the music was quite inspired by quite a lot of punk music going on in the late seventies, which really sort of appears from nineteen seventy five, hmm. six, seven, eight. Um, but punk was a kind of railing at the system. Hmm. It's about rebellion and tearing it down yeah. and not giving a damn and sticking two fingers up to the system. Yeah. Um, rather than, it wasn't constructive, it was destructive mm. and nihilistic. And uh, you know, you, 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 if you can say anything redemptive about it at all, you could say that it's criticising nonsense and saying, right, enough nonsense, we, that stops here. But it was quite a nihilistic and destructive response in many ways. 
at the same time mm-hmm. U2's music's coming out but it's got this kind of language in it of how long yeah. must we sing this mm-hmm. song so it's, it's it wants a better world than exists and is longing for it how long is this going to take Whereas the, the the punk thing, on the other hand, wasn't hoping for or looking for something else. He just wanted to tear something down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I am an antichrist, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for example, at, at, at its worst. So um, back to the U2 thing, the lament. And it's interesting because lament um, is strongly woven into Irish music mm. because at I hadn't realised this, but I've come to learn this still. There, there was... Um, there's a band called the Cranberries uh, in the 90s and 2000s uh, and the lead singer of that, um, she had this, she kind of wove what's called something called keening. Mm. Now keening is a kind of um, a wailing, mourning, lament um, sort of mm. vocal uh, mm. m- method and she kind of wove that into her songs um, in the Cranberries, one's called Zombies about you know the, the wars about their guns and their bombs and their bombs and their guns again about yeah. some of these things but there's in, in that Celtic Irish yeah. music there is a tradition of yeah, lament yeah. which is a way is a longing for something else yeah. so this should not be yeah. because there should be something better mm. and we don't have this yet mm. but we want it yeah. It can also be a remembering of yeah. and a loss of, you know, so that you've got both of those, a longing for something better, yeah. but also a, yeah. a loss of something. Yeah. So so something should have been that yeah. is no longer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the essence of yeah. lament. Yeah. Yeah. So in a way, it's a redemptive mm. grief yeah. because it de- engages with it in a, and it comes out in those psalms, like, how long, O Lord? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So, so, so part of this thing about the only got a human heart and the toxicity of the world today that that we find ourselves in is i think it's just a, it's a lament mm. in it which is to say this shouldn't be no no you know and we have had it better than this yeah and there's something else that is yet to come that we don't have yet yeah. and maybe this kind of leads into I mean, we've been writing subjects yeah. down we want to kind of cover yeah. them one of them was um the, the longing of creation mm. um uh, in the New Testament, it says, uh, "All creation longs for the sons of God to be revealed," mm. and uh, that's not a particularly male thing. That's yeah. you know that which is born of God to be revealed. You know those who are born of Him to be revealed and to become fully who they should be. The whole of creation longs for that because, and that that's a lamentary, that's a lamenting yeah, longing for, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and really saying there's something that is coming. Mm. When Jesus said, pray, your will be done on earth as in heaven, that's because it, that's God's intention to bring that about. That is going to come. Yeah. yeah. And therefore we are calling on something mm. and grieving something that's not yet. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and lament is, you know, in its essence, lament has a, has a process in it, right? So it's an expression of how we're feeling. Mm. It's. Um, a complaint normally involves, you know, what, mm. the, what we're missing, mm-hmm. or you know, or what we think we should yeah. have had. Which is great because it invites us to be honest and yeah. put it on the table. Exactly, and then and then it moves to what we think the solution should be. Often, which yeah. not often isn't the solution. Yeah. <laughs> and then it and then it should bring us eventually to a place of of peace or healing yeah. or you know what, whatever whatever the laments about. Yeah. You know, the yeah, opposite yeah. of that. Yeah. It, it's 
to to that. Um, so see, so, so here's where I believe about lament. I think lament is one of the things that God gives us because He knows we're in a broken world, huh. right? He knows that our heart isn't isn't built hmm. to ha- handle all this hmm. stuff, this pain that we that that we are going to we are going to experience. You know, God yeah. isn't isn't stupid. You know, he's not yeah, yeah. he's not blind. Yeah. And it and I think sometimes we think he doesn't care, hmm. but he does, and he actually hmm. wants to walk through it with us. So, hmm. in the Christian tradition, lament really is about. That expressing is a turning to him. Mm. And he doesn't care how we turn to him. Mm. That seems to be my, you know, as I've looked at it and studied it, it looks as if, you know, because I think sometimes we feel that we can't go to God with our complaints mm. because often our complaints are about him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Here's a complaint yeah. about something that's happened. Why didn't you do something about yeah. this? Why didn't you stop it? Right? So there's a, an expression, there's a turning to him. Mm. What God, I think God hates is when we don't turn to him mm. and we don't express those things to mm. him. Mm. And he's given us in lament a way of doing that. Yeah. That's okay. So there are about, I don't know, 33, 34 of the Psalms mm-hmm. in, in the book of Psalms. That are what we what are known as lament psalms, and they mm. all follow a similar pattern. So they, there's this turning to God. It's not normally a good turning to God. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's not. Oh God, you're so wonderful, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love you, kind of thing. You know. It, yeah. And and it's not an unreal turning to God. And I think that often within, particularly in the religious settings, particularly I think particularly in kind of charismatic evangelical settings as well we've expected so much of ourselves we can't be honest exactly well it's wrong I had one person I remember talking about you know how to handle disappointment and I talked about complaining to God and I remember this guy saying to me that is blasphemy yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian that is blasphemy a really good guy I mean but you know because he said you can't but I said God already knows yeah right he knows what's in your heart what he wants you to do is get it out in the open, you know. So, so there's this turning to God that it doesn't really matter what, how you do it. He just wants you to engage with Him, hmm. even if you're angry. Now, as as a parent, I know the worst thing that my child can do to me is ignore me. Very good, right? Yeah. I would much rather my children be angry with me, so yeah. I at least know what the problem is. It's when they are quiet and they won't yeah. tell me, and they and they're sullen. Hmm. And you know that, and that produces such a horrible atmosphere in the home. Mm. No, I'm not saying anger expressions fuck it, does, yeah, but yeah. it's a different kind of atmosphere, yeah. and it's normally one that gets dealt with. To be honest, yeah, because it can't last too long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, you wear you wear it out after a while. You know, so yeah. I think there's that sense of there's this turning to God, and then there's normally a complaint with that turning to mm. God. Why, oh God, didn't you do? What? How no, long will you hide how, your face from me? Exactly. Yeah. You know why do the why do the wicked prosper? You yeah. Know, do you, do you mean, <laughs> or, or there's all kinds of things, and then there's a solution. Normally, we come up with the solution. This is what we want God to do. Yeah. You know, so one of the psalms says something like, "I want you to smash my enemies' children's heads and mm. babies against a rock." Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not. A, it's a bit a harsh thing, right? It's. <laughs> you know but and then there's this kind of period of time when you 
then start to re- because what what you find is that God is walking with you through this pain. Yeah. He's engaging with you in it. Right. He's carrying you through through it. Yeah. You know. So for me, I, you know, I, I and as you realize that, then there's a turning and a finding yeah. of God in a different way. There's a finding of peace in a mm. different way. Yeah. The thing the thing to remember though, that isn't, you know, I think for for many of us we read the Psalms yeah, yeah. and we think, oh well, he did it in like five verses. Yeah. But that's probably three years of experience that yeah, he's yeah. writing out of the out it's of his heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To realize like you know, you talk a lot of poets, you know. <laughs> they will say that their latest poems were actually really uh, the the experience came five three, four, five years ago. You know, yeah, yeah. It's something that's been in them and matured yeah. in them. I think that's true of a lot of the Psalms as well. So, so I, just, I just think that you know, we can't legislate for how long it's going to take. And it's the same with grief because you know, lament and grief are, are, are interlinked because often lament is more of a grieving for something you know, um, or you know, whereas grief is we because we've lost mm. something. But people will say, you know, after six months, well, she should get over it by now, or he should get over it by now. Yeah. Why, you know, how, why is this? Well, it takes as long as it takes. Yeah, yeah. You know, but God has built in mm. to the the fabric of our walk this ability yeah. for lament, which brings us from despair and hopelessness. Mm. To a place where we can at least start to find light, very and good hope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we we have to walk the process out. Yeah. We can't. I remember when I when you know when my 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 mum died. Uh, one of the guys said to me, "Well, you know, you're the Christian, and you've got to be the strong one in the family." You know, um, so I didn't really grieve. Hmm. And you know, there was only one thing I know. I always ask God. Because my mum was ill for seven yeah, years yeah. before she died, right? So, and I'd always asked I would be there when she died. That was right. my one request. That's the only request yeah, yeah. I had. I mean, I requested that she might get healed, but yeah, I realised yeah. that probably wouldn't happen. Um, it didn't seem that that you know that, that was that was where things were going. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't there when she died. You weren't. No. Right. And it took me probably eighteen months to get to the point where I grieved about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I went through a lament. I, rem- I remember it like it was yesterday. I, I'd been home. I was, uh, I was studying in Luton. I'd been home for the weekend. I came back. Hmm. No particular reason. Went into the house yeah. and started, just started to cry. And I wept for like yeah. four hours. And that's all I was saying. Why, God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why, God? Why wasn't I there? Yeah, yeah. One thing I asked, why wasn't I there? Do you know, God's yeah. never answered that. I still don't know, but you know it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, yeah. Because God met me in the middle of that lament, yeah. in the middle of that grieving. Yeah. You know, and late, just later after the, the scripture came to me, um, I will comfort those who mourn. Yeah. If you don't allow yourself to mourn, God can't comfort you. Mm-hmm. You That's have good, yeah. to, you have good. to let him in. Yeah. And in the midst of letting him in, yeah. he comforts you. He doesn't necessarily answer yeah. your questions or your complaint or give you what you're asking for, but he will comfort you. Mm-hmm. He will meet you. He will walk that through you and you will find him in the midst of it. That's great. That's great. That's good. Do you know what? 
it's I think just what's this whole episode about? It's about recognizing and being honest yeah. that we are fragile creatures. Yeah, exactly. In an appalling world. Yeah. To that God has put tools and resources around us, mechanisms for um, recovery. Yeah. Uh, uh, to to redeem appalling situations, but also that we can be that for others, and we can bring. What's the word? Hope and compassion and kind gentleness yeah. and kindness into others' yeah. lives around us. And that these things really, really matter. Because, yeah. What's it say? Um, above all else, guard your heart yeah. because yeah. from this spring the issues of life. Yeah. Everything that really matters, the next few decades of all of our lives yeah. are going to be shaped by what's going on in our hearts now. Yeah. 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 And we've got to guard it. And... Yeah. Um, but here's the good news. I suppose the redemptive piece in this this whole conversation is that um, there is, yeah, God knows, and He's very, very good at this stuff. And not only that, He cares. <laughs> yeah. And He hears. Yeah. And He's with us. Yeah. And those are really important things to know in the darkest moments of yeah. your life. God cares about yeah. that. Yeah. He's interested. Yeah. And he meets you in it if you allow him to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got to open the door. And it's not yeah. like if he's saying you've got to open the door, it's like if a door's locked, the door's locked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and actually it will cause you more trauma if he broke it down, right? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, violate um, everything else. It's not he's a gentleman, it's just that he knows what causes trauma and what doesn't. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. Ian continuing our little series on the things that are inspiring us so what's been inspiring you okay so i mean i love art and creativity and all the rest of it but there are two friends that i have that um just recently i just look at their their paintings have just been inspirational so annie barch who lives in switzerland and her i just love the i was looking at one of her paintings the other day and it, it's just the way that it gives voice to things. Mm. You know, some, sometimes we, sometimes art for me affects me in different ways. But when I listen to, uh, or not listen to, when I look at Annie's paintings, they just speak to me. They, they, there's a voice that comes alive and it gives voice to things mm. that, um, in a way that other things don't give voice to. <laughs> so so, so that, that's for the, 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 and the other one is, is a guy called Ewan MacDonald, um, and, you know, I tease him that, you know, he's one of the few people I know in, in, in the world that can take ugly rubbish and make it look beautiful. Right. So, so a lot of his paintings are like, you know, when I first met him, he, 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 was, in, he was in his, um, in his uh, literally mounds of rubbish. <laughs> you know, and, 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 but they, they, it was so beautiful. And I was just looking at, at, at a photograph of his... Um, uh, Yes, yesterday. Well, actually, this morning, and um, and it's of a uh, an exhaust, mm. but not an exhaust on a car. An exhaust in a dump of exhausts. <laughs> oh, well, okay, yeah. but it, uh, it it's just so beautiful. <laughs> it just looks so beautiful. It's the kind of thing you could have on your wall, mm. and it would look beautiful. So I find those things inspiration. So, so for, for Annie, you know, how do, uh, whenever I, I, the inspiration, whenever I look at Annie's, 
paintings is how do I release the voice of those who've not got a voice? Right. That's the inspiration right. to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and with Ewan, how do I make things that look ugly and that people wouldn't even give a second glance yeah. to, how do I make those things look beautiful? Mm. And you know, I think both of those things that go- are things that God's into, right? Mm. <laughs> Giving pe- the, the voiceless a voice and making the ugly look beautiful. Brilliant. Um, so that's been an inspiration to me. Ridiculous you are, like it, eh? Ridiculous. What can I say? Jerry, what are you doing?